So I'm going to talk a bit about some of the general questions or some of the ambiguous questions in church and some questions that will lead us um, to understand certain things. So, now somebody may ask, what is church? What is church? A church is a called out a group of believers who come together to have fellowship. So a group of believers who come together. A group of believers who come together to have fellowship. To listen to the word of God and interact. And to grow spiritually. Essentially spiritually. And a church is a called out one. People who were, we were once in the world, we didn't believe in Christ. And when you become born again, you, you, you are born into a family. And that family is what we call the church. Say the church. So Matthew 16, 18. Matthew 16, 18. And I say also unto thee, that was the first time the word church appeared in the Bible. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So, the church right from the first time it was mentioned was going to experience attacks. Say attacks. Say attacks. The devil doesn't want churches to survive. So, right from the inception of the church, Jesus indicates to us that there are going to be times when the gates of hell will try to come against the church. The next time we hear about church is in Acts chapter 2 verse 47. Acts chapter 2 verse 47. So this shows us the intention of God for every local church. When I say local church, a local church is a church like this, planted in an area or in a community. So praising God and having fun with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily that as should be added. So, in the intention of God, every church must grow numerically. Say numerically. In numbers. So, the church must grow from one to two to three. So, the church grew from 12 to um, 120. From 12 to 120. And um, 3,000 was added. 5,000 was added. And it moves into multitudes. So multitudes were added to the church. So the church must grow not only in spiritual depth. Not only in spiritual depth, but in numbers. So we must, have, we must have more people in church. As the years goes on, we must have more people in church. The church shouldn't be like just a family. The church is a family. The church is a city. The church is a nation. The church is an army. The church is a movement. The Bible said, Jesus said, go ye therefore. So the church is a movement, not sit ye therefore. So in, in, in the movement, recruitment is being made every now and then. Every now and then there is a a recruitment. People are being added for whatever purpose. Now, let me go to some few questions I asked and I tried to answer. Then, I'll give you the opportunity to ask 
certain questions that borders on your mind concerning church. Amen. So, I asked the first question, how to grow as a Christian? How do I grow as a Christian? When you become born again, there is a journey. The process of maturity is a journey. The process of sanctification is a journey. It's a process. And it's not a state. Sanctification is not just a state, but it's a process. Spiritual growth is a process. So when you become born again, you need to allow yourself to grow in the Lord. You can stay in church and not grow in the Lord. There are some churches Christians must not attend. A church that does not feed you with the word of God, you have no business going there. The word of God must teach us, must feed us. We we will only grow with the word of God. Instructions, corrections, edification, inspiration, something that when you come to church, you can take something away. So how do I grow in my Christian work? Number one, you must go to God in prayer every day. You must go to God in prayer every day. Every day. And I'm just teaching you very practical things. Every day, you must go to God in prayer. John chapter 15 verse 7. Every day, we must go to God in prayer. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. When God continues to answer your prayers because you abide in him, you realize that you grow spiritually. You are inspired to do more. So when you pray, you must go to God every day in prayer. Every day you must pray. It's a duty call, not not when you feel like praying. Every day, spend time to pray if you want to grow. Number two, read God's word regularly. Read the Bible every day. Pray every day. Read the Bible every day. If you want to grow in the Lord. Read your Bible every day. Pray every day. Acts chapter 17 verse 11. Acts chapter 17 verse 11. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind. So it means if you are coming to church service, you must be ready to receive God's word. Don't come to church not ready to receive God's word. Don't come to church not in the readiness of mind to receive God's word. Because if you are not in, if you are not ready to receive God's word, it will be preached but it will not make sense to you and it will not be planted in your spirit. So come to church with the readiness to hear God's word. Now let's continue. He said and searched the scriptures. So they were ready to, they were ready in their minds and they were ready to search the scriptures. So you can only grow in the Lord when you are ready to search scriptures. Some of us don't like even opening the Bible in church. You don't want. Yeah. So if you want to grow in the Lord, number one, pray every day. Number two, spend time with the word. Number three, obey God consistently. Obey God consistently. Obey what he has told you in the word. 
Without obeying God's word, you cannot grow in the word. You cannot grow in the Lord. You cannot grow spiritually. You can do all the spiritual gymnastics. You can be making all the noise. Come on, shout to the Lord, hallelujah. Jump and catch your blessing. You will not grow in the Lord. If you don't obey God consistently, if you don't obey God consistently, you can never, never grow in the Lord. John chapter 14, verse 21. If you don't grow in, if you don't obey God consistently, you can never grow in the Lord. He that has my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him, and he will manifest myself to him. He said, and and will manifest myself to him. So the more you have the manifestation of God, the more you grow. The more the manifestation is the appearance. Is the showing forth of the Lord to a man. So if you obey God, you will experience him more. And your experiencing him brings you into maturity every day. Nobody and no church is fully matured. There is a big room for growth to every destiny. So the more you obey God consistently, you will grow. Many Christians, especially charismatics, are not maturing because we don't obey God consistently. We, are, we show up and we disappear. But a Christian that wants to grow must commit himself to obeying what God has said. Number four, witness Christ to people. Witness Christ to people. Make an effort to witness Christ to people. Make an effort to win a soul. If you want to grow in the Lord. These are instructions that is, is, is something that people are asking in their minds. This church, church thing. I'm going to church, but I'm not seeing anything changing in my life. I'm showing you how to see a great change in your life. A great change. So, if you want to grow in the Lord, learn to share Christ with people. Learn to share Christ with people. Learn to share Christ with people. Matthew chapter 4 verse 19. Matthew chapter 4 verse 19. He said, and he saith unto them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. If you want to be following Jesus, you must have become a, a fisher of men. So, and what it happens is that the more you go out to share the gospel, the more you are thrown, you, you meet questions. You come back and you come and study. The more you see the psyche of people around you that, hey, say now not everybody around me is born again, no? then there is no joy than leading somebody to Christ. You can never compare any kind of joy to knowing that today you led somebody to Christ. That is how you grow in the Lord. The next point is to trust God for everything, for every detail of your life. Trust Him. Trust God. Trust goes beyond faith. Faith can fail, but trust doesn't fail. 
Trust God. When things are not working, trust Him. When His promises seem to be delaying, trust Him. When things look a bit bleak and ambiguous, still trust Him. I cannot see beyond, but I trust that every car outside is safe. So I'm comfortably preaching because I trust that all the cars outside are safe. I can't see beyond, but I'm comfortable preaching because I trust that no armed robber is at the gate entering. So I'm preaching comfortably. Trusting God goes beyond answered prayers. In the darkest moment of your life, if you still trust God, you are growing spiritually. Most times, when we don't learn how to trust God in the darkest moment of, your, of our lives, then we lose our faith. We lose our focus. And you see, some, when you lose some level of faith in God, sometimes you get corrupted and you can never return again. Trust keeps you in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your might, your mind, your understanding, your will. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. When we lose our trust in God, we begin to work out things. Working out things. But if you want to grow in the Lord, many people will run and pass you, but you trust in the Lord. Many people will get their open doors. Yours is yet to come. Keep trusting in the Lord. Don't be hasty to make it. First Peter chapter 5 verse 7. First Peter chapter 5 verse 7. Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. If you know God cares for you, you will trust him. Father, the path I'm on, I'm not so happy, but I trust you. I trust that you know what you are doing. I'm not so happy, but I trust that you know what you are doing. I'm not the master architect. You are the master architect. If this is what you have prescribed for me, I trust you. If you want to grow in the Lord, in your darkest moment, keep trusting God. The next point, the last point under how to grow as a Christian is allow God to control your life. Allow God to control your life. Don't control your life with your own passion. Don't control your life with what you think. Allow God to control your life. If God is controlling your life, he will never take you to a land that will not benefit you. When he took them from the land of Egypt, he took them to a large land flowing with milk and honey because he was controlling them. Allow God to control your life. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 to 17. Allow the spirit of God to control. Be spiritual. You are already spiritual but sometimes we forget that we are spiritual beings. The Bible said, this I say then, walk in the spirit. Tell somebody, walk in the spirit. Tell somebody, walk in the spirit. And ye shall not fulfill the last of the flesh. He said, for the flesh lasted against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to another, so that ye cannot do the things that he would allow the spirit of God to control your life. Don't be smarter than the spirit. If you want to grow in the Lord. Now God the Bible said and the spirit of the Lord led Jesus into the wilderness. Now, how can the spirit of God lead me to the wilderness? There is something in the wilderness that you will never get in the city. So Jesus 
if you want to become the big ass son of God, you have to go to the wilderness. I will show you something there. Sometimes what the Holy Spirit will inspire or whisper into your ears, eh, it doesn't make sense. But if you want to grow in the Lord, allow the Holy Spirit to control your life. Tell somebody, allow the Holy Spirit to control your life. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering. So if keep your questions under that, I'll give you a chance to ask questions. And any other question that is on your mind. I move to the next question I think that is on a lot of people's mind. Now, I want to ask you a question. Are you a spectator or a church member? Are you a spectator in this church? Or a church? No, there are members have their names written. But followers are made. A lot of church members, they, they say they are church. When you go for evangelism, and you meet a lot of people, oh, we call Pentecost. Oh, we call Presby. You ask them, last week, did you go to church? No. Two weeks, no. One month, no. Three months. What they actually are saying is that I have my name written on paper that I am a Methodist. If it is name on paper, then our church is, we are about um, 600 and something people or 700 and something. Church membership is not name on paper. The word is you joined the church. You joined. You did you must not attend church. You must be a member. A mem- member means my hand is a member of my body. My leg is a member, is part of the body. If you join something, you must participate. We must feel your presence. We must, feel, we must know that you are around. If you join a local church, you, your presence must be felt. Don't just write your name. Do you want to be a member? Yes, I'm a member. So, you must be, you must be part of the living aspect of the church. Not just the paper aspect. Most churches have members who want to have a free ride attend church and go home and expect to come on Sunday and everything is in order. When they come and things are not in order, they get angry and I'm saying their church now is BBVO. They don't even clean the chairs well. They don't even do this. They don't pack things well. The sound. Who should pack those things for you? If you have joined the church and the church is part of your life, you must be interested in what is happening in the church. Only church attendants don't care. When you go to the restaurant, you don't care whether the restaurant will make money for the day or not. You just go and buy your food and go home. Yes or no? Yes or no? You don't care whether the business is running at a loss or running at a profit. No. But when you are running your own business, you care. So don't turn the church into a restaurant where you come to church, you just get fed and you go home. You come, they pray for you, you go home. You come and sit down, oh, nice atmosphere, nice word, nice air condition, oh, I love the church and, and we don't feel you, no. Then you are not a true member of the church. 
a member is felt. Tell somebody a member is felt. These people, they, 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 these people, they demand all the privileges a church can offer, but they never want to take up responsibilities. They never. But as a church member, you must take up responsibilities in the church. You must take an interest in the progress of the church. The question I'm asking you is, how participating have you been since you joined the church? What has been your contribution? Are you a member in function or on paper? Hallelujah. God wants you to be fully involved in the life and the ministry of the church. Some time ago, a man came here. He, he, he was going to marry. So normally when they are going to marry like, like that, they come and join the church like three months, four months. Then they come and tell pastor, hey, I want to be married. After the marriage, he left the church. Not once, not two. About three. So we have, we, 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 we have begun to use the church. We use the church for our, our advantage. And when we develop wings, then we fly away. You are not a member. A member takes interest in the progress, the growth, and the sustainability of the church. Jesus got involved with the mission of God to save the world. He came, he died, and he arose so that you and I can be part of the family of God. He didn't just stand there to look at the vision of God. Oh God, you have a very nice vision. You want to save the people. Oh, God bless you. God bless yourself and go. He came down. He took part in the vision of God. As you are in church, take part in the vision. Hold a portion of the work. Hold a portion of the work. Hold a portion of the work. Be part of what God is doing. Don't sit back. Don't, but don't be a spectator. Don't come and window shop. Church membership that costs you nothing is worth just that. Joining a church that will not cost you. You are just a member. You just come and go. They've cleaned the chair for you. And you go home. Then it, 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 it will mean nothing to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So fight to be part of a church. Fight to be part of a church. Fight to be part of a church. Because there are a lot of things that will fight you out. But fight to be in. Tell somebody fight to be in. Don't have a loose ground. Be strong. Be planted. Fight to be in. Because a lot of things will pop up that will fight you out. There are landmines in the church. Step on it. It wants to blow you away. But stand firm. Because where you are planted is where you will be nourished. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering. Number three question. What I could do if I really wanted to? What I could do if I really wanted to. What I could do if I really wanted to. Number one, if I really wanted to, I could help this church to become a very vibrant church. So you are, so you are, so you are talking to yourself. What I could do, or what, okay, if, I, if you want me to talk to you, I say, what you could do if you really wanted to do it. You can help the church 
to become a very vibrant church in the area. Winning souls, affecting lives, affecting the youth, changing lives. I mean, today I was, I was following the news about these seven girls that have been sacked from secondary school. And I was telling myself that they will belong to churches. So. Very sad moment. Because maybe the church can do more. It's a call on the church. The moral decadence in the, in the world is a call on the church to begin to look at membership. The quality of Christians, the pro, our product, the quality of our product. If you wanted to help the church to become vibrant, you can. Number two, if you wanted to join in the workforce, visitation, sweeping, singing, you can. Whatever you set your heart to, you can. But we just don't want to. Hmm. And that is how God always does it. He doesn't compare. He gives us the option. So, if you wanted not to come to church today, you would have stayed home, yes or no? But you wanted to come. So, if you want to do something for God, you can. Number three, if you wanted to, you could, you could attend all teaching services in this year. You could attend all miracle hours in this year. And you can attend all Sunday services in this year, if you want to. There are some cases where people work on Sundays. We understand. But for some of us, if we wanted to, we can be in every service. But we don't want. It took, it, it, it took minutes for me to get out from my bed today. To come. I was so tired. LP had to push me from the bed. If we want to do more for God, we can. If we want to do more for God, we can. But we don't want to. The next point. If we want to do more for, if, if, if we want to, we can show more devotion to Christ and to the church. If we want to, we can show more devotion to Christ and to the church. This year. If we want to. The power is in our hands. We have the willpower. Where there is a will, there is no power of the devil. Where there is no will, we glorify the power of the devil. But I know me, I wanted to come home, but you know, but I mean, I want to serve God. You don't have the will. You have not, you have not established your will. To subvert a man in his cause, the Lord has not approved. So your willpower. So God left the two trees there and gave Adam his will. Choose. So where you choose to go, the devil cannot stop you. Because God begins to back you. If we want to, we can be more devoted to Jesus. And devoted to the church. Hallelujah. Tell somebody it's time to be more devoted. Choose you this day to be devoted to the things of God. Hallelujah. If we wanted to, 
we could tell others about Christ and we could tell others about the church. We tell if we want to, but we don't want. Next thing I want to talk about is how to be loyal to your church. How to be loyal to this church as your local church, as your family. How do you develop loyalty? Question number four. If there is any need in the hour in the church that we are in, the 21st century church, is the need to be loyal to church. Loyalty to church. Loyalty to church. You can meet one Christian. He has many prayer, prayerful pastors on, on their hands or on his head. You can see, I mean, I was talking to one lady today, just today. Because he called me from because it's a long time. I've been not I've not even spoken to her one one before ever. But I know her. So she called me and she was like, I've been going for prayer meetings here, prayer meetings there. And she's in a very powerful church. And I told her that when you go there, what different name do they mention? Is it Jesus? Or they have another Israeli name that they mention. They say, oh, they mention, they pray in the name very, very fervent. I said, so where you are, they don't pray fervent. And I know that church. They say, oh, you see, sometimes you need, you need a new atmosphere. I said, okay, if you need a new atmosphere, then move from your church and go to that church. Because then you are church prostituting. You are just like the woman standing at Alajo at 9 p.m. Loyalty is needed for anything to be built. If you get married, Francis, as you mean, you are married. So, you got married. In January, your wife says, oh, she's disappearing for seven months. She's going to be with another man. I guess she will come back. Do you have? Ah. What, what, what no say? You come back. That is the power of loyalty. Every relationship will only be strong in the bedrock of loyalty. How committed you are, that is what generates a, 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 a kind of you are looking out for the person. If right now your wife was here and fire breaks out here, you won't look out for it. You go and look for us. <laughs> you go and look out for it. Where, where is Hannah? Where is my child? That is the power of loyalty. That is how come when the person is sick on the bed, pastor will go there. Now, how do I build loyalty for the church? Number one, you must make kind remarks of praise about your church, about your pastor, and about your church workers, about your choir. You must say it everywhere you are. At work, with your friends. It must be in your blood. You must make kind remarks. Number two, Prompt and regular attendance to church. 
He says, sign of loyalty. Commit loyalty. Prompt and attendance. Prompt and regular attendance. Regular. The only, you see, we serve God when you attend church, when you come to church. Eh? It's a signal to people around you. They will ask you one day, ah, I'm sorry, Ben, Brana. We are called Joinia. You see, they will find out something because it will have a positive impact on you. So, prompt and regular. We, we fail with the prompt. Just start at 6 30. Most people come at 7 25. As if in the beginning, God was not there. <laughs> like the intercession is warming. I'm going to warm it up. He drew on that past our ball weather. atmosphere. But if there is no foundation, there cannot be roofing. Are you here? We are not prompt to church attendance, but we are prompt to the embassy and the airport. Pastor, you don't have to catch the plane. Loyalty and commitment will demand prompt and regular attendance to church. Number, number three, faithfulness to any tax you are assigned with. Faithfulness. 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 I mean, I, I keep saying it on Saturday. I was watching the choir rehearsing on Facebook. I was just watching them and I was so amazed. They are committed. And yesterday, they were also here rehearsing for flaming altars. So when you see them singing, you see, you must, you must fall in love with them. If you get cloth, you want to buy for them. You buy for them. If you want to support them with some money, oh, the lady people are singing so well. Show commitment and loyalty to the church. That will bless you one day. One day, this church will bless your marriage. It will bless, name your children. Dedicate your house. Prophes- your prophecy for your next level is on the altar. So you need to get committed to. A wife must be committed to the husband because he is the one who gives her the seed. If you don't get committed to the church, your blessing can be locked up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number, number four, generous financial support. Generous financial support. Generous financial support doesn't calculate how much I've given to the church. Some people calculate how much they've given to the church. <laughs> and they are waiting for the harvest before they sow the next one. No. You can't determine the harvest time. God determines it. Are you here? And there are some blessings you will get from your seed sowing that you will not enjoy by generations after you. That way. Generations after you. That word, God. Generations after you. There are seeds you sow today, you may never see the harvest yourself. And that should not make you discredit the faithfulness of God. But it will hit a child of yours. It will hit a grandson of yours. It will hit a... The generation will be blessed because of that. Have a generous heart. A husband that is calculated. Ah, now, okay, when you're going to the market, I give you 975.50 Ghana city. What and what did you buy? You've come to tell me that you couldn't buy my money for me. Show me what you bought. You are not a generous person. 
You give, but you are not generous. Amen. Be a generous giver. To get committed. The church you don't give to, you can never be loyal to. When I'm sleeping, they mention carry step, I'll just wake up. Because I give my time, my energy, my money. The church you don't give to. People easily leave church when they have not given enough to the church. That's why I keep raising money. Come and give this. Because where your blood is, where your treasure is, that is where your heart will be. So learn to generously give to the church if you want to be loyal, committed, planted, and faithful. Someone say a big amen. Say a big amen. Number, number five, be faithful to leadership. Be faithful, be loyal to the pastor. There is no church without a pastor. Carry's temple is here because I came. Calvary Temple is here because Pastor Kujo obeyed the call. Zoe Temple is there because Reverend Amuasari obeyed the call. Action Chapel is on the Spinters Road because Archbishop obeyed the call. Christ Temple is because Dr. Tabo obeyed the call. You have to understand that there is no church without a pastor. So if you are in a church and you are not submitted to the pastor, you have to leave the church and go to a church that you can submit to the pastor. So if you, are, if you want to remain loyal to the church, you must receive the pastor as your spiritual leader. Are you here? Are you here? You must not... When I saw a man arguing with the pastor, outside, outside in the full glare of people, we can now, we are can, we are can, we will say, ah, no, that is not your colleague. You must receive your pastor as your spiritual head. Number six, consistent living according to the scriptures that are being taught in the church. Consistently living according to the teachings of your apostle or your pastor. It makes you loyal because it shapes, it's the word that is taught that shapes you. So you begin to be framed in a certain form. Because you are committed to the teaching of your pastor. The next point under how to be loyal, that's the last point, is that in humility, serve under the pastor. He may be younger, you may be older, you may be more intelligent, you may be more educated, but in humility, serve under the pastor. Peter was far older than Jesus. I was serving under Jesus. They were task collectors. Chat, they are chartered accountants. They were medical doctors. Jesus never went to any of these schools. But because he carried the mandate and the spirit, and he was a leader, these men were submitted under his leadership. Even Paul had to submit under Jesus. No matter who you are, where you've got into, your age, your money, your, your beauty, your handsomeness, Whatever it is, when you are in the church, you must give a very great respect to the pastor. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering. The next point, I'll be giving you opportunities for questions soon. Number five, what gift can I give to the church? As a church member, what, what gift can I give to the church? 
One day, the reason why I asked this question is one day somebody came to ask me, Pastor, I want to buy you a gift of pepsodent and toothbrush. Will you accept it? I said, oh, yeah, I'm not a spirit. I brush my teeth every day. But I brush my teeth twice a day. I brush in the morning. I brush before I come to church. So that when I do, take it. You come out of the spirit. And you be in the flesh. You say, Jesus, I receive. So that you fall down quickly so that you'll be free. And I'm coming again. I say, oh. I said, why not? I said, I said, why not? Even Charlie, what we were. So what gift can I give to the church? Number one, affection, my affection. You must love the church. The bride of Christ. Christ loved the church. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So Christ loved the church. You must love. When you you see, when I'm coming to church, I look at our signboards. Every time we are doing a program, you hang a banner, people tear. There, there's one of the... So when I'm coming to church, I look out for all our signboards. I look out for all the banners. So I realized that there's a banner at the Takumono flat when you're exiting Mamaku's Kodia Jansen. Obiako see one side so that the banner will cover. So I told you, when you go there, do and then the one that is in front of the college church from the Chesterville, I told them to lift it up. Can you imagine today when I was coming? The one at the Catholic church, somebody has now torn it, cry again. When I see that in my heart, you must have an affection for the church. You must, when you are coming to church, watch out for the um, properties of the church. You see a signboard down. Sometimes no church member comes to tell you anything until you go and see. Are you a member? Or are you an attender? You see the church as your own, as you being part of it. Or you see it as a restaurant. You come to be served and you go. Watch out for the things of the church. Praise God. Praise God. Number two, appreciate leadership. Appreciate leadership. Stop comparing your pastor to another pastor. Don't stop comparing your departmental head to another head. Stop comparing. Appreciate. Appreciate leadership. One day, a story was told of a pastor who, I mean, a member went for a conference somewhere. And after the conference, bought the conference like a program CD and came to give to the pastor. Pastor, listen to this one. It will help you, pa. It will help you. Uh, it will help you preach better. Oh, it's a true story. I am not fabricating anything. So it will, it will help you. Uh. So you are trying to tell your pastor that he doesn't know how to preach. And you know, it was, it was on the. I mean. There are times people have bought me books. In fact, today, two books came from the U.S. And that's fine. But the way the, the person bought it, that's like, you know, you know, it will help you. Pa. Just, they are not appreciating your pastor. 
or your, your MD. And when you appreciate somebody, you help the person work. You don't, don't crisscross the person. Don't crisscross the person. A lot of the leaders in the church are making a lot of great sacrifices. A lot. I can't go into details here on Facebook. Number three, encouragement. Encouragement. Encourage leadership. Encourage those who work in the church. Somebody does well. Somebody sing. JD is singing and you are just, you are just there. Flow. The choir is singing. Flow. Get up. Drop an offering. Clap. Shout. Drop an offering. Sing it. The band is playing. Look, after teaching service, they'll be doing rehearsal. We will go home. They'll be rehearsing. They are playing. Just watch it. Enjoy. Encourage them. Let them see that. Oh, Charlie, when we rehearse, Charlie, the church, they receive weapon. Are you here? Next one is have faith in the, in the church. That's a gift you can give to the church. Have faith. So, when you don't have faith in the church, you cannot recommend anybody to the church. But when you have faith in the church, you recommend the church to people. The next one is prayer. 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 Pray for the church. That's a gift you can give to the church. Pray. Pray for the church. Pray for the church. Next one is give your tithe, first fruits, and offerings to the church. You give your tithe and first fruits to where you are being fed with the word of God. You don't divide it. If you want to give to another, it should not be your tithe. It can be a free will offering. But the tithe must be brought to the storehouse. So you give your tithe and your first fruit to the church for many, many things to be done. Number six question. Hypocrites in church. Are there hypocrites in church? Hello? Are there hypocrites in church? Yes, there are hypocrites in church. I agree. When you say you don't want to come to church again, I mean, I, I, I once had a chance where, like, somebody said, you won't come to church again. I went to talk to the person. The person, no, no, no. Paris Temple is full of hypocrites. Hypocrites. Oh, yeah, I agree. A lot of gossip. Paris Temple. AK what? AKS. Some people so person was happy. Yes, Pastor, it's true. I, I, I really appreciate you for acknowledging. I say yes. There are a lot of concerned people in the church. I will agree and I will, I will nod in agreement and I will reply. You are exactly right. There are hypocrites in the church. In every department, they are hypocrites. Like they are in your nuclear family and your extended family. But you have never left your nuclear family. When they are doing funeral, you go. In fact, you know that this auntie of yours is the one that doesn't like you, but you are sponsoring her child in the university. Hmm. In the church. They are hypocrites outside the church also. In fact, there are two types of hypocrites. Those in the church 
those outside the church. Which one do you want to be? Because you yourself, you are a concerned person. <laughs> so choose one. The one outside or the one inside. You were quiet. Hey, Pastor, are you saying I'm also a concerned What you are doing right now, if the people were standing here, you won't tell me. So you too, you are concerned. There are hypocrites in church. But the good news is that these people are the called ones and God is still working on them and they are going places. Yeah. I thought you were clapping. Don't wait for the hairs to take you to church. Because by all means, one day, the hairs will bring you to church. And all the excuses you were given when you were alive. Why you were not coming to church. If all those things are happening on that day, the hairs will still bring you to church. If it is raining, the hairs will bring you. Are you in church? If you don't like the way the pastor is preaching, that day the hairs will still bring you. If you don't like the way the ushers have been greeting you when you are coming to church, those days and you stop, that day the hearse brings you. The same ushers will open the gate for them to carry you inside. Hypocrites are everywhere, even at the hospital, yet you go. Are you in church? Please, are you in church? Your trotter driver is a hypocrite. He's always looking for a loophole to overtake but yet you sit the church is not made up of perfect people imperfect people being driven by the spirit and getting them to perfection including you including me I'm not perfect why because 8 years ago I wasn't preaching like this I'm preaching better than that that means I'm, and 8 years to come I'll preach better than this it means perfection is attainable in the process and with time and you have to be patient with your next neighbor. I thought you are clapping. What do we call a reviver? Next question. We are going to have flaming altars. Some churches do program and they call it reviver. You know how reviver came about. When you do a program and you call it reviver, you have, you have gone ahead of time. You have to do the program and the description that people will give to it is revival. You don't call a program revival. I mean, you don't call it. You have to do it. And the outcome, when people are changed, then they say, this is a revival. So when, when do we say there is a revival? Number one, when there is an eagerness to worship God with other Christians. See, anytime you come to a point where you don't feel like coming to church, you are out of revival. Your spirit is... When you are in a revival, you are eager to come to church. You are eager to join other people to worship God. Number two, a burning desire to share the gospel. A burning desire to share the gospel is a sign of a revival. A lot of us don't share the gospel again. It shows us that revival, we need revival. Number three, 
a desire to study God's word on a daily basis. Not somebody motivating you. But you have a schedule of Bible study to yourself. And you do it religiously committed to know. That is, it means that you have been revived in your spirit. Namadi, a spirit of prayer. You pray with ease. You don't struggle to pray. You don't struggle to pray for one hour. You're not watching your time. You have flow. You are in revival. The last one is that you have a desire to live a holy life. What distinguishes God's people from the world is a holy life. Not their money, not their houses, not their cars, not their big weddings. But a life that is sanctified. That is what distinguishes the church from others. Number eight question. Why do we organize programs? Why do churches organize programs? Number one. Programs create a new feeling for expectation. A fresh feeling. It creates an expectation. And when the expectation is created, the faith of people are shot up. It's not an ordinary atmosphere. Every program comes with a kind of euphoria. Something unique. That is why we, the first reason is to create a new expectation. Number two, many souls are exposed to the word at a go. Many souls are exposed to the word at the door. Ordinarily, it would be like 200 people, 300 people. But in a program, you can have 500 people. So in a program, you, you expect people to come to church and listen to the word of God. The third one is God visits us in a special way. There's a special visitation. It's a special occasion, so God comes in a special way. So don't have a bad, don't have a normal attitude towards a program. Blaming notice is coming. God is going to visit us in a special way. Number four, the guest speaker. The, the, the guest speaker euphoria is exploited. Hello? Have you realized that? Please, are you here? Watch me. Or you are writing. Have you realized that when a guest preacher comes, most of the time what he's saying, you have heard your pastor say before. But you take his own very serious. Why? Because it's an aura. Because he's coming here once. Like one time. So you pay more attention. And at least at that moment, your heart is open. Your ears are open. So you get more of the word at that time. And number five, it, has, it exposes the church to the community. People get to know the church. And also people get to know what we are really serving. Because it's seven days. So you come day one, day two. Maybe the day one you came, it was wow. They say, hey Charlie. No, maybe they are performing. Let me come the second day. Let me come the third day. So by the time the person comes for seven days, he makes up his mind on what type of church is coming. The last question, and I'll give you 15 minutes to ask your question. We go. Have you been blessed? Yes. A different kind. Give the Lord a mighty clap of friend.
How do I connect to my pastor? How do I have... Many times, I've had people come to the office and say, Pastor, I've been part of this church for a long time, but I don't have a relationship with you. I want to have a relationship with you. So now, how do I connect with my pastor? Number one, attend church services. Attend church services. Committedly attend. If you want to connect to your pastor, attend services. If you were staying at home, you will not hear all this. And the preaching of a pastor is always uniquely framed to pattern his personality. The way Dr. Tabel preaches, I can't preach like that. I've tried, I can't. But maybe one day I'll become like that. You see, there's a lot of studies than I do. He said that he's studying more than he used to. Some of us are like, what again? The way Archbishop preaches, that is his personality. So the more you sit under a teaching of a man of God, you begin to have a mentality that looks like the man of God. If you want to connect to the grace on your man of God, you need to attend service. Number two, you must pray daily for him. Pray daily for your pastor. Pray daily for your pastor. Number three, greet your pastor after service. Greet him. Let him, if the message bless you, go and tell him that the message has blessed you. Tell him the testimonies that are coming out of his ministry in your life. Connect with him because we, we remember such moments when we are low in our rooms and we remember that ah, Irene walked to me Francis walked to me Bless walked to me and said Pastor you preached a message I mean like the guy who sent a message that during Horses and Lions conference a word came was motivated to write that exams and now he got the admission to John Hopkins University you know what it means to us it means we didn't waste our money organizing our program so after service, when you are blessed, you don't keep it. Don't even send a message. Pastor, thank you for this word. Last week, Sunday, I had many testimonies. And I heard the intercessors, most of them were not going for prayer meetings. Sunday, and all of them went to pray. And they came to tell me that, hey, Pastor, that the message today, all intercessors, they came to pray. That is, a, it encourages you that mm, the voice you are hearing, no, it is God. Hallelujah. The fourth one is teach your family to honor him. Teach your family to honor your pastor. Teach your family to honor your pastor. Don't be the only one who honors your pastor. And don't be a family where you fight your pastor. Don't fight for the honor of your pastor in your family. You have your honor. As a wife, as a husband, as a father, as a mother, you have your own. But your pastor uniquely has his honor that you cannot fight for. Vice versa, the pastor's wife. So you must teach your family to honor. Don't gossip in his absence. Don't gossip in your home and when you come home, you come to say, daddy, daddy, blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. One day the pastor will know because our heart is very spiritual. So teach your family to honor your pastor. 
and says, connect and follow him on social media, if he's on social media, because a lot of things goes on on their pages like me. Most of the things I share are out of my morning devotions and out of the messages that are being preached. So you follow it, you get messages here and there. The, the, the next point is keep him informed of what is happening in your life. Not only the bad ones, but the good ones. Most times you just come and pour the bad ones on us. There you go. Not one person, not two, about ten on a Sunday. And the pastor's head will be he has forgotten what he has been preached on that day. And when the good ones come, then they keep it all. Pastor, God bless you. The Bible said when, when the woman went and she poured the oil and all the vessels got filled, she came back to the prophet. To the Charlie, I've got vessels full of oil. So go and sell it. Pay your debt and you and your family live on the rest. Some of you won't come back home. I mean, I make I say, Pastor, no, say, me, 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 make a see that no go can't tell him. That the woman came to tell the prophet. The next one is recognize him as your voice, as a voice in your life. Recognize your pastor as a voice in your life. As a voice in your life. Recognize him as a voice in your life. And the next one is bless him with some of the money you get some of the money you get, bless him. Bless your pastor with some of the money you get. The last point is receive him as your father in the Lord. Receive him as your father in the Lord. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering. Let me take some few questions. Any question? Any question on your mind? Let's come and ask. Not necessarily on what I thought. But don't go back with your questions. Come and ask the question. Any question has always be a bold person amongst that any subject can ask. Let's clap for her. If a member in the church does all this and maybe there is an absence of baptism in his life, can it disqualify him to be a mature Christian? Please, about what you taught us right now, the duties and the responsibilities of a member, yeah. how to pay your tithe and everything. If a member does, but he's not baptized, can it disqualify him to be a mature Christian? Okay, I understand you. The basic thing is, what I thought is that it's assumed that you are baptized. And baptism must come with salvation. So, as I'm speaking to church members, it's assumed that you have received, you have received Christ and you have been baptized in the Lord. Baptism doesn't mature you in Christ. It ushers you into Christ. You understand? Uh, so, you, there are people who are baptized who are not mature. 
water baptism doesn't mature you. It is part of the requisition. And even some people will not be will not be baptized and go to heaven. Because opportunity might not have come to them. Like the thief on the cross. He and Jesus. He didn't, he wasn't baptized. But Jesus told him that this day I'll remember you. So baptism doesn't mature you, it just ushers you into a new life. So these are things that you do become part of a church. That welcome. Let's clap for it. Any more? I want to take a okay? more questions. Don't have questions. Head and take it to Francis and Co. Or you don't have it. I should ask you questions. for him. Spirituality is your state. It's your state. Spirituality is your state. Every born again Christian is spiritual. But sometimes we have a knowing after hearing the word of God becomes so bold is the short of faith. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Anytime you receive God's word, you increase in faith. But to grow in the faith, you receive faith. But to grow in the faith, your faith will be tested. So what you experience is test. And you have to exercise your faith to overcome. Everybody experiences it. The issues of life can drain you. So Elijah experiences a revival calling down fire. The next moment, Jezebel is chasing him out of town. So after great moments of revival, you can experience a very great downward movement. But your faith, so the word of God came to Elijah again and took him back into his ministry. So in those moments, the word of God that has been taught, you hold fast to it. But in the midst of the storm, it is the authenticity of the word in you that will cause you to survive. You don't compromise in the midst of the storm. You don't shift gear in the midst of the storm. You hold on to faith. And it's not natural. It's a knowing. It, is account, it was accounted unto him as a something that must be in you. So you don't, you don't say God has left you. He's there. Go through the fires, I'll be with you. You will not be consumed. 
you walk through the waters, it will not overcome you. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So in those moments, you confess your faith, you stay your mind on what God has said, you stay your mind on the promises of God, you know that though your today looks bleak, your tomorrow is good in the hands of God. So everybody goes through it, including pastor, including whoever. There are low moments. Even though God, even sometimes when you give a prophetic word, that is when things become bad. Because the word will always attract attacks. The church will always attract attacks. So when you receive a prophetic word, don't go and sleep. Oh, Nyamiasha, I'm come here. Bomi day to bed. I mean, this, if it's not God, then it is what? And when the prophecy comes, God will test it. So when you step out of that, then news starts coming. You see, by even your own, somebody will insult you. Somebody will just look down on you. The word is being tried and tested. After you are, after Joseph was tried and tested, God promoted him. So it's normal. It's a good thing to be tested. If you are not being tested, it means you are not going anywhere. Please hear this and hear it again. If you are not being tested, if your faith is not being tested, it means you are not making any advancement in life. Anytime you want to make advancement in life, you will be tested. I don't want to share a lot of tests I've gone through because of time, but you will surely be tested. Hallelujah. Last question. Did I answer you? The last question. All the teachings I've been teaching, all this, you understand all? Hmm. Last time, the reason I'm doing this is that two or three church members walked to me and said, Pastor, when you finish teaching, give us a chance to ask questions. Because sometimes uh, we don't get what you are saying. So that's why I do. And, yeah, Enoch. Pastor, please, um, I wanted to ask him, um, how do you develop the boldness to um, tell your pastor about your relationship life to him? You don't need to develop any boldness. Just come and say it. Because when you come and it's not correct, I may speak and I, or I may not speak, depending on who. But the more you hide the person, the more it is suspicious. You yourself, you know that, Charlie. We didn't Most times, that's why you hide them. But if you are bold with it, I know a lot of people who have introduced their beloveds to me. But the blessing is that when you bring them and they are not correct, it will not be long, they will live your life. <laughs> I won't say anything, but if they are not correct, it will not be long, live your life. You start fighting by heart. <laughs> Man. 
Remember, my old sister was dating for years. Never brought the boy. For three or four years. The day the boy appeared to me, one week they broke up. <laughs> Just one week ago. So if you know you are dating properly, you, anything you try to hide, it means suspicious. That's why sometimes when you go and walk some dark place and you come to church, you swear faster. Women are far. Give me the last question, then we'll go. Last question. Maybe um, we'll, we'll, we'll repeat this after. Let me know. Pastor, um, is there a point that a Christian can become bold when he's not doing anything wrong, reading the Bible consistently, everything? It's possible. You can be reading the Bible absent minded. We saw one. Scripture that said readiness of mind. And they search the scriptures. You can read the Bible as newspaper. You are not angry to get a revelation. You are not committed in practicing the word. A sinless life doesn't necessarily mean that the life is a growing life. The person is not making input, but he's not also draining, not growing. If there's water in a barrel and it's not leaking, it will be at the same level. It will not increase, but it's there. But it becomes stale because a standing water will start smelling. So you have to make input in your life, do new things, stretch yourself, obey new commandments, obey new instructions. Keep obeying. Then you can be green. But if you just do a routine, you wake up, you read the Bible, you do it in five minutes, Lord, protect me. Lord, protect me. Oh. Lord, protect me. Lord, protect me. Oh. Protect my family. Protect my <laughs> Give me a good job. Oh. Give me good customers. Oh. You give me. You are just doing it so that your conscience will say, we didn't talk to God today. You must have a desire, a desire, a longing last time I was listening to Dr. Tabel, he said there are, there are people who are hungry but they, they don't have appetite. Like me. I said, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. They'll bring the fufu. I eat more, no, I'm full. I requested for the fufu. But some people too, they are hungry and they have appetite. They will eat for you to be happy. You see that challenge there, a compa, where they ODD, a young man. <laughs> yeah. In the realms of the spirit, we are allowed to overeat. If you don't eat, you will not grow. And because you are not increasing, you see that your mind becomes cold and the loss of the flesh, pride of life, things that shouldn't worry you begins to weigh you down. When you are more in the realms of the spirit, I mean, cannot, I mean, you cast your cares upon the Lord. Or you cast it there. But now you begin to carry your own cares. Because you have shifted your post. Anytime you see that you are becoming more anxious, more worried, more depressed, 
Check yourself. You switch. Go back to where you belong. You'll be fine. Give him a clap of him. Please rise up on your feet. Let's pray. I want you to talk to God that God should help you to be a planted church member. God should help you to be concerned with the things of God in the house. God should help you to have a burden for his kingdom. God should give you a heart that longs after him. God should do something new during the conference, Flaming Authors, that your heart will never be the same again. A new longing to love him, a new longing to serve him, a new longing to pursue after the things of God, a new longing, a desire, a desire you have never had before will be planted in our hearts. The church will never be the same again. We will be saviors of men. We will not be selfish. We will not be thinking about ourselves. But we will think about others. We will make ourselves lifeboats for people to know Jesus. Pray. Pray to God. In the Kabahashai. Randa Katabahai. Bondoloko Zebrekedes. Bendeke Zebrekedes. Manta katakaba ye kolobohosha mandeleke te yabahadosha bondolo kozebelendeha indala bakate yabahas santa la 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 bahatileleleme embala la 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 bashaya in the name of jesus father we thank you for grace we thank you that lord you're going to be with us teach us your ways we commit flaming altars into your hands from Sunday. Let your fire blaze. Let our hearts be submitted to your will. Let your hand be strong in this meeting. Let hearts be set on fire. We give you praise. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a good clap offering.